Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. We are the Lord's church. We are his people. We live in a world that is confused, separated, divided in religious things. We have to ask the question, how can we be the people of God, the people He wants us to be, and yet reach the world that is so confused? For a few moments, I want you to think with me about some dangers. Some dangerous things that could happen amongst us, the people of God. Changing us from what God wants us to be to what the religious world is in itself. May it be a, a warning. May it be a concern. And yet may it also be an acknowledgement of who we are, never backing down from it. In the first place, there are some signals that have said to me for many years that the religious world is having an impact on us in ways that I think we need to be careful. It is the wrong question when you have a Bible question. When we're wanting to know what it is that is the right answer, it is the wrong question to say or to ask. What does the church of Christ teach? That's not the question. And yet I hear that a lot. Well, I want to tell you the church of Christ doesn't teach anything. We don't need that kind of concept, that terminology. I hear it in other ways as well. None of these things are intentional necessarily. I don't want to be ugly or mean. I don't mean to be critical and harsh. But I want to call attention to habits that are not healthy. So if I say, well, he's a Church of Christ preacher, I'm not really sure what that means. I know what our intention is, but it seems to me that's not the way to state it. 
because there are all kinds of preachers preaching all kinds of things to all different groups of people who call themselves churches of Christ. Oh, that's a church of Christ school. That's a church of Christ event. I don't think that is the proper way to identify those things. I know what we're trying to do. We're trying to identify what we would consider to be people who think like-minded to us. Those who we would consider have a soundness of doctrine to them. Those are the people we're trying to identify, but that's not the way to do it. Because I think that sends the wrong message. I think that creates a dangerous situation. So let's think for a moment. What happens if we just keep doing that? What will be the result over time if we just keep saying things that way. What's going to happen? Well, number one, I would suggest that it will come a time when we will just be considered another denomination among many. And that's how people view us anyway. But remember, Jesus prayed in John 17, I don't pray for these alone, but for those also who will believe through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, verses 20 and 21. The world doesn't understand the concept of the church. The religious world is divided and their whole concept, their whole mentality needs to be adjusted to Scripture. And if we believe Scripture, and if we want to hold to that, then we don't want to be just another denomination. We want to be the church that Jesus said he would build. If we keep using this kind of terminology and having this kind of mentality, it will lead to an attitude of thinking more about law than about grace. Because it will have us focusing on whether or not this is right and that is right and this is right and that is right to a degree that we don't even think about the things Barry was just talking about. How the grace of God is available to people who are trying, who are seeking, who are searching for Him. Living led by the Spirit. We don't want to elevate law over grace. Grace. 
For Paul said, by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. That kind of terminology, that thought process will throw us into the shadows of what is here rather than shedding the light that God wants us to shed to that religious world. For the psalmist said, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my pathway. Psalm 119, 105. And we as a people should shine the light and dismiss the shadows of that which has violated the very last prayer that Jesus had while here. And we are people who, if we're not careful in Scripture, are going to be people whose light has faded into the shadows. That kind of attitude, that mentality, calls people to faithfulness to the church, not faithfulness to Christ. Jesus in John 7 and verse 24 said, do not judge according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Our faithfulness to God is based upon righteous judgment of Scripture. We're not calling people out of the secular world. We're not calling people out of a confused religious world to a, another situation where faithfulness is going to be determined by the church and some edict. But rather we as a church want to be under uh, the teachings of Christ. We don't want to call people to us. We don't want to call people to come be a church of Christer. We don't want to call people to come be a part of the church of Christ, just like you could pick and choose from any number of religious groups. We're calling people to come and give their lives to Jesus and be a part of that church that he said he would establish and that he prayed for. For he has called us. We should walk in his steps, 1 Peter 2 and 21. Our calling, both of ourselves and of those who hear us, is a call to Jesus not a call to the Richmond Church of Christ. We are simply a vessel through whom 
the message of Jesus is presented. That other mentality will turn everything inward on us and not outward where it should be. We're calling people in to be here and to be amongst when we should be calling them here to get out and to spread the message in Acts 8 and verse 4 when great persecution arose. Those Christians didn't cloister and hide and run from their responsibilities. Oh, they were scattered, yes. But they went everywhere preaching the Word. They didn't go everywhere preaching the Church of Christ as a religious organization. They preached the Word. And in preaching the Word, they couldn't help but preach about the church that Jesus purchased with His own blood. We don't want people to please us. We want them to please Jesus. Oh, I know there's an understanding that when we're trying to please Jesus, we're also pleasing each other, but not because of any kind of selfish ambition, but rather we're all under Jesus and we should all please each other as we're pleasing Jesus. It's important that we call people out of the mentality of pleasing others without pleasing Jesus as the umbrella under which that pleasing arises. And I believe it is dangerously possible that as we look in Scripture to please each other without pleasing Jesus first then we really won't be pleasing each other in a proper way. That mentality often elevates individuals to higher status rather than elevating Christ over every individual. In Colossians 1 and 18, Jesus is the head of the body, and He is preeminent, He says, over all. I have to submit my will to Him. I have to submit my desires to Him. He is preeminent, and we think and talk, we teach, we practice Jesus, not church. That may sound like a contradiction, but we practice Jesus and we are the church. And we would call people 
to be a part of that. But finally, if we keep that attitude going, Acts chapter 20 says we're going to have a problem with local autonomy. We don't want a church from somewhere else telling us what to do. I don't want to be a part of a group that is ruled by somewhere out there, somebody else, some other place. I've grown tired through the years of the pressures to conformity from church to church. I have no problem And we should teach the truth, whatever the truth happens to be in Scripture. And if error is being taught, we have to teach the truth and stand for the truth. But it's a matter of the way we do it. Is it because we're elevating the church of Christ mentality? Or is it because we're elevating Jesus and calling people to Him and calling ourselves there? The problem with the denominational concept of the religious world is that every one of these things exists there. And not one of these things did Jesus want to be the truth. He didn't want that to happen that way. He didn't want there to be all of these different groups teaching all of these different things. He wanted everybody, all of his disciples, all of his children to be together, to be one. And the denominational mindset It's not about oneness. It's about catering to what people want versus what Jesus demands. And that's why I don't want to be a part of just another denomination. I want to be a part of a church that Jesus built. And I want it to include everybody whom God includes. And I want to be sound of calling people into Scripture to study and learn. But I also want to be generous in understanding that not everybody sees everything exactly the same way. And we should all, under our shepherds of our local congregations, do the best we can for the people we have. And that's what I want. That's what I'm a part of. That's what I want us to do. And then the religious world might ask, well, when did the church of Christ start? 
Didn't it happen with Alexander Campbell back in the 1800s? Well, tonight we're going to address that topic. When did the church of Christ begin? Because I will tell you this, as you know, you too. Whenever he started that church, that's the church that I want to be a part of. Because that's what Jesus said he was going to build. And I want to find it. When I do, I'll find the body of Christ. And as the body of Christ, we will be his agent. He works through that body in the world. And God gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills all in all, Ephesians 1, 22 and 3. We are the agent. And when I find that church and I find that body, I want to put myself there to be used by the head. Just like I expect my body to be used by the head to do what needs to be done, that's who we are, and that's what I want to find. When I find that church, I'll find the church that is the bride of Christ. And as the bride of Christ, we are his partner. We work together. We are with him. We stand with him, through him, by him. And I will find that body created as a bride to be the partner, and I want to be there. Paul said to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 11 and 2, I am jealous of you. I have betrothed you to one bride. That church that he established is married to him. And I want to be a part of whatever church it is that's married to him. In Acts 20, I find again that when I find that church, I will find the flock of the great shepherd. And as the flock of the shepherd, I am under him. I'm managed by him. I am his. I'm subservient. I'm subject 
Paul talked to those Ephesian elders and he said, you rule the flock that is among you because that's what we are. When I find that church that Jesus built, I'll find that flock over which he is the great shepherd. And when I find that church, I'll find a group of people who have been bought by the blood of his own sacrifice. And I then will be his purchased possession. He owns me. I don't own me. He gave himself, Paul said to the Ephesians, which he purchased with his own blood. 1 Peter 1, you're not bought with corruptible things like silver and gold, but you're bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. There is an identity called the church that Jesus established he built it. He owns it. He's married to it. He's the head over it. It is his church. And I have no right to divide it up, make it look like I want it to look, and turn it into something that confuses the world. Because when they look at all of these different things, they say, you all claim to have the same Lord, and you can't even get together. And Jesus said, that they all may be one as you, Father, art in me, that the world may believe that you sent me. And I'm telling you, the denominational mindset does not teach that Jesus came into the world and look at us. Look at this. Isn't this great? It just doesn't. It only teaches that when people who are submissive to God part of his church for which he died, that he purchased, that he heads, that he's married to, that church can teach that Jesus came into the world to save people. Let us have the mindset of Jesus, not the mindset of the religious world. Here's one thing I know by and large, the religious world does not accept that baptism is for the remission of sins. They just don't. And yet that's exactly how Jesus put it. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. That's what he said. How can what he taught contradict what he said? He said. And we teach. 
teach that baptism saves because it washes away sins through the blood of Jesus sacrificed for those people, all of us. That's what the church will teach. That's where the church will stand. That's what we call people to. And today, if you are subject to that call, this is the call to be a part of God's family through His church that Jesus said He would build. You can meet our shepherds here at the front as we stand and sing together. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.